Please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 13. We'll be focusing our attention this morning on verses 8 to 18. As you're turning there, please allow me to set the context of our passage. Abram has been uh, called out of Ur of the Chaldees along with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot. Following the call on Abram's life, he and Lot made their way into Egypt where they dwelt for some time. And they had some trouble while in Egypt as Abram attempted to pass off his wife as simply his sister. And because of this incident, he and his family had to leave Egypt. But we're told that apparently while they were in Egypt, they had amassed a significant amount of wealth. Both Abram and Lot had accumulated many possessions. They both had become rich in livestock and gold and silver. Each had a number of servants which had turned what was once a small traveling party into quite a large caravan leaving Egypt. And because of all of their possessions, there was a dispute among them concerning how they would live together. And this caused a rift between the two of them, so much so that it was decided it would be better for them to part ways. And so this is where we will pick up this morning in this passage, in this story, where we will look at the separation of Lot and Abram. So hear now the Word of God from Genesis chapter 13, beginning in verse 8. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me? If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can 
Count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Thus far the reading of God's word, let us ask his blessing on it. Heavenly Father, we do come to you now and we thank you for this word that you have given us, this life-giving word. And Lord, we ask that you would add a blessing upon the reading of it, that our ears would hear it rightly, that we would understand it, that we would hear this word as the word of truth. And Lord, now as we approach the preaching of this word, we ask that you would add a blessing upon that as well. Let your gospel truths be evident to us this morning. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Oftentimes, when we look at the life of Abram, we tend to go to those major stories in his life. His call of God to leave his homeland, his encounter with Melchizedek, the covenant ceremony and the institution of circumcision and the sacrifice of Isaac. These tend to be the points of Abram's life that we focus our attention. And this is likely because these are the instances that seem to have the most direct application to our lives as New Testament believers. But what of the other stories recorded in Scripture concerning Abram? Is there nothing for us to glean from these supposed minor points in the life of this father in the faith? Well, if we believe what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, then we must admit that even the minor points are just as profitable to us as the major ones. Well, this morning we're considering one such minor point in the life of Abram. The Scriptures lay out uh, how this plays out. And it shows a difference in events between the actions of Lot and the actions of Abram. Both Abram and Lot had decisions to make. They both had to determine what was best for them in the present situation, and they both had to respond to their decisions. And so we're going to look at these two men, Lot and Abram, and by looking at the opposing examples of Lot and Abram, it's my hope that you will see the need to set your eyes on the Lord. And 
we will see how we are to do this in three ways. By realizing where you are. By remembering His promises. And by rendering due praise. So first, set your eyes on the Lord by realizing where you are. Abram gave Lot the option to choose where he would go. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Here, Abram is setting aside his own possession and offering it to Lot for the first choice. And so Lot took a moment and looked around and he liked what he saw. And so he chose to leave his uncle, the one whom God had called, the one to whom the promise was given. This wasn't simply taking an offer that was presented to him. No, in this culture, usurping an elder family member was an act of offense. Lot didn't realize where he was. He didn't realize his place in the family. He let his wealth and his power go to his head. And all of that culminated in Lot losing sight of where he is. If Lot had been thoughtful and humble as he should have been, it's certain that he would have left everything he had rather than abandon his uncle to whom he was obligated. But that's not what happened. Lot took his eyes off the Lord. He followed his own wants and desires. And he lost sight of where he was. Now let's compare this with Abram. Look with me in verses 14 and 15. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Abram had just left everything that he knew, everything that he was comfortable with all to obey the calling of the Lord on his life. As we have read in Genesis 12 in the, in the chapter prior to this, when the call on Abram's life came with a promise that the Lord would give him a land and would make him into a great nation. And now here he is in the midst of the land and his only family has left him. He's left with 
Sarai and his workers and his possession, but there's no great nation. There's no people to call his own. There's no great name. There's no offspring. It's not hard to imagine Abram seriously questioning leaving everything behind to come out here to the middle of nowhere. This is quite possibly one of the most difficult times in his life thus far. And so the Lord calls out to him to reorient him, to make him realize where he is. Abram needed to know that every step along the way from leaving Ur to entering into Egypt to now standing in the land of Canaan, the Lord was the one guiding and directing His path. While the journey so far in Abram's life may not have been exactly how he would have had it play out, God is causing all things to work according to to His perfect will. And Abram needed this wake-up call to realize where he is in this. Examine yourselves. Think of where you are. Are your eyes set on the Lord or do you instead look to your own wants and desires? Does Lot sound a lot like you right now? Or do you relate to Abram here? Do you find yourself questioning why you are right here in Gibsonia, Pennsylvania? Do you ever second guess whether or not you should be somewhere else? There are many who are here who are not from the Pittsburgh area. Do you ever question if you made the right decision in leaving your home and your family just to be here? When these doubts and these questions come to mind, look to the example of Abram and see that the Lord is the one who makes the path in your life. Know that it is God who guides and directs every step that you take. It is He who has brought you here to this place. Abram heeded the call on his life to leave his homeland and to go where the Lord had directed him. And so you have heeded the call on your life. You have left what was comfortable to you in your sins. Some of you have left what was comfortable to you in your homeland. You have heeded the call on your life. And when the Lord tells you where to go, He will guide your steps. He will be your shield. He will be your help in every time of need. There's no need to doubt where you are. Because it's all part of His sovereign decree. So when work becomes a burden and you want to throw in the towel, when home seems 
chaotic and you wonder why you even try when you just want to go back to when you knew things were good. Know that He is the One who brought you here thus far and He will be with you every step of the way. Don't be like Lot who tried to usurp the place that he was given in life, pursuing his own desires, but instead set your eyes on the Lord, trusting in Him, believing in His sovereignty, and realizing where you are. Next, set your eyes on the Lord by remembering His promises. Lot knew the promise that was given to Abram, but he instead chose to look not to the Lord and His promises, but to what was pleasing to the eye. Verses 10 and 11, And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Lot didn't set his eyes on the Lord remembering the promise that was given to Abram and choosing to remain with him and reconcile their differences. Instead, Lot set his eyes on the beauty of the land that surrounded him. He saw the potential for more wealth and for more power. He wanted to live in what seemed to be a paradise. He chose what was pleasing to the eye instead of what was pleasing to the Lord. In the choice that he made, he appears to have regarded the advantage that he could have now, and he entirely overlooked the danger of his situation with regard to his religion. He saw the beauty of the land, but he didn't see the wickedness of the people. In this departure from Abram, this failure to remember the promise of the Lord would begin a downward spiral in the life of Lot. But Abram, Abram did not set his eyes on the beauty of the land. He did not set his eyes on the things temporal, but instead he set his eyes on the things eternal. He remembered the Lord's promises in the midst of a dark time. Verses 16 and 17 say, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise. Walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. This isn't anything new that the Lord is telling Abram. 
It's simply a reiteration of what he was told earlier in chapter 12. The problem is that he has no offspring. Lot was his heir apparent, and now Lot has departed. His wife Sarah is barren. She can't have children. And it's been some time since the promise was initially given to him. The thought has to have crossed Abram's mind that the promise would not be fulfilled. So this adds to the darkness of this time in Abram's life. But in this moment, in this moment of darkness, the Lord provides a great comfort to Abram by way of giving the promise to him once again. It's as if the Lord is saying, look at where I have brought you thus far and how I have been faithful to you every step of the way. I was faithful in bringing you to the land that I promised to you, and I will be faithful in bringing the offspring that I promised to you as well. It's not hard to see how comforting this reiteration of the promise is to Abram in his time of need. So it ought to be with you. Remember the promises of your covenant God. When you find yourselves feeling like you're walking through this world alone, like you have no one on your side, cling to the promise of God that He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you catch yourself doubting whether or not you will remain faithful and persevere to the end, hear the promise of your faithful Lord that He will complete the good work that He has begun in you. Brothers and sisters, the fact that you have heeded the call of the very same Gospel that was preached to Abram is evident that the Lord is faithful to fulfill His promises. By your being united to Christ, that seed of Abram, you are His sons and daughters. You are the ones who have drank from the same waters that flowed from the rock in the wilderness. You are the citizens of the kingdom ruled by the One who sits on the throne of David forever. You are the inheritors of all the earth. You are the receivers, the inheritors, the recipients of this promise. The Lord has proven through the testimony of your life that He is faithful. Let that be an encouragement to you just as it was to Abram. Set your eyes on the Lord by remembering His promises. And lastly, set your eyes on the Lord by rendering due praise.
There's always a response to what is done. We see that choices were made by Lot and by Abram. We see that the choice made by Lot had a response as well did the actions of Abram. So we will look first to Lot in the response to his actions. Verses 12 and 13. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The result of Lot's actions was that he set his tent before Sodom. There was no recognition of the Lord's providing for him and bringing him to this place. There was no reliance upon the Lord to be faithful to what He had promised. And so there was no offering to the Lord what was due His name. And if you keep reading in Genesis, you'll find that in chapter 19, Lot doesn't simply set his tent before Sodom, but he actually dwells within that wicked city. It was a slow creep of comfortability with sin that led him to dwell in the midst of it. Lot didn't render due praise, but instead joined in debauchery. A.W. Pink writes of this, Behold how great a fire a little matter kindleth. From a lifting up of the eyes to behold the land and seeking pasturage for his flocks to becoming an official in the city of wickedness. Like leprosy, sin has has often a seemingly small beginning But how rapid it's spread. How loathsome it's issue. How dreadful it's end. Let Lot be a warning to you here today, dear brothers and sisters, to not give sin even an inch of hold in your lives. Because sin ultimately leads to death. But let us now make that final contrast between Lot, whose actions resulted in sin, and Abram, whose actions resulted in praise. Look with me at the final verse in our passage. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. The Lord reoriented Abram, causing him to realize where he is. The Lord reiterated the promise, causing Abram to remember and be comforted. What other response is there than to render Due praise. Where Lot looked to his own desires and pleasures, setting his 
tent before Sodom and ultimately dwelling with the wicked, Abram looked to the Lord and trusted his covenant God, setting his tent in a place where he would build an altar to the Lord and bring praise to his name. Abram could have taken matters into his own hands and begun to build for himself a city knowing that God promised to make him into a great nation. But instead, he trusted in the Lord to do things in his own way. It was no city that he built, but an altar. And this is the proper response to seeing what the Lord has done and is doing. Rendering due praise. And it must be your response as well. The promised seed has come in the man, Jesus Christ. He is the one who made the offspring of Abram into a great nation, a a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And you, you're part of that. You were brought out of the land of idolatry and into the land flowing with milk and honey. You were made partakers of every spiritual blessing through being united to Christ, and you are the inheritor of all things because you have been made co-heirs with Christ. The Lord has directed every step of your life and brought you to where you are as part of His sovereign plan. He has shown time and again His promises are yes and amen. What else is there to do but to worship your covenant God? Everything you do must be to bring the honor and glory due His name. You must present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You must set your eyes on the Lord by rendering due praise. Brothers and sisters, this part of the story of Abram's life is written for you. Let him stand as an example for you in times of need. And see that Abram points to the One who did these things perfectly. Christ Jesus our Lord, who is the ultimate example by which you are to live your lives. And let Lot stand as an example of the dangers of this world of being enticed by the pleasures of your eyes, by the beauty of the things around you, by the temptations of this world. And when you fall, because you will, remember that there is a Savior who forgives to the othermost.
as you walk through this life, through good times and through bad. Brothers and sisters, set your eyes on the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You and we thank You and we praise You that You are faithful to the end. That You do not leave us in our sin, but You you call us out of sin and clothe us in the righteousness of Christ. We thank You that You have given us this Word that we can look to, that we can see examples for how to conduct our lives as pleasing to You. That we can learn from those who went before us. Father, we thank You for that ultimate example in Your Son who lived the perfect life and died on our behalf. So Father, let us cling to Him. Let us rest in our union with Him. And Father, use Your Spirit to empower us, to persevere, Continue daily in walking in your ways and to set our eyes upon you. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.